Hello and welcome to From the Trenches, a Business Examiner News Group podcast. My name is John McDonald. This episode's special guest is the CEO of South Vancouver Island's Sea Flora Skincare. He stops by to talk about how his company pioneered commercial uses of seaweed in the skincare sector, upcoming innovations including seaweed sun care, and across the board approach to sustainability in their operations, and much more. Our conversation starts now. Hey, John, you know, hello. Thank you uh, for having me on the podcast. Um, my name is Adam Butcher. Uh, I'm the CEO of Seafora Skincare uh, here in Souk, and we make seaweed based skincare for the uh, global cosmetic industry. Wow. Well, Adam, I have been looking forward to this interview since I got confirmation uh, about it. Uh, Seaflora has a great uh, story to tell, and I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing some details there. It's a great island success story. Um, and I'm wondering if just to, to give kind of the, the listeners a bit of an overview, if you can talk about kind of how you or the organization discovered this, the potential of seaweed for skincare and kind of how that evolved into the business that, uh, that exists now. Yeah, good question. So Seafloor is a, a family business. As you know, we've met at the Family Business Association events over the years. And uh, we're now, I'm a second generation business owner at Seaflora Skincare. My mother started Seaflora in the late 90s. And she wanted to, uh, she wanted to take a, re- a natural resource that was undervalued in, uh, undervalued and underutilized in Canada that was abundant and yet was Prized and highly valued globally, and uh, you know, she, what, what, what could she do? What could that be? What was it? Um, and the answer, the answer was seaweed. And uh, my my father is a, a marine biologist. We've always lived on the ocean. Uh, my mother's family uh, were from the east coast and had a history with uh, with seaweeds. And so she started harvesting uh, local seaweeds for use in the restaurants and the restaurant industry. The business was seasonal because seaweeds are a seasonal uh, annual plant or organism. They only grow during uh, certain times of the year, uh, mainly between April and uh, September. So harvesting raw, fresh seaweeds for the restaurants uh, was a, you know, it's just her and couldn't operate year round. And then one day she was at the, um, the old uh, Souk Harbor House here in Souk, in Seaweeds, and the executive chef came up and said, hey, we love the seaweed, this is great. We have a seaweed skincare brand in our, um, in our spa and in our gift shop. And um, I was like, yeah, cool, let me, let me see. And uh, so they, they showed her this, uh, this seaweed uh, product from, it was from France, and she looked at it, and realized that it was highly processed. It was filled with, uh, with chemicals, filled with perfumes, and in fact, very little seaweed at all, if any. And, uh, and she said, well, wait a minute. There's no seaweed in this product. It, there's, here's all the ingredients, and there's a little bit of seaweed down at the bottom. 
And, uh, and what she learned that day was that um, in our industry, there's, uh, there's functional ingredients that have a beneficial effect on your skin and uh, on your body, and your wellness. And there's marketing ingredients. And there's ingredients that help to make a brand different, help to stand out, help to differentiate between the huge competitive marketplace. Um, but those ingredients aren't necessarily at a high concentration in those products. And uh, she said, you know what? Here's, there's a problem here. I have a solution. We can do this better. We can do this organically. We can do this locally. And we can do it where seaweed is the active ingredient, is the number one ingredient by volume, uh, by weight in every formula. And it's a business that we can do year round and I can, and it can grow. Um, and that was the beginning of Seaflora. And in 2000, I think it was 2000, she created her first, uh, her first product. And, uh, 2001, uh, she incorporated and, um, it's grown ever since in 2018. Um, uh, she retired from the business. Uh, my wife and I, uh, took over the day to day operations and, um, and we've been running it ever since. So we're technically in our 23rd year in business now. That is wild, man. It is so cool to hear that. I know I've heard of some details from there before, but what I love is that in the late nineties, you were the original seaweed innovators. Like you can see now there's all the blue ocean stuff and all these, you know, different programs, especially on the South and West coast of the Island, but you were doing it literally 20 years before everybody else. Everybody. And I, I should mention that we were the first company to certify seaweed as organic globally it, with the USDA. It had never been done before. They didn't even have the standards in place as to how to certify how to certify a algae as seaweed because all of the standards for certification up to that point was around uh, land plants and how uh, the soil and how the soil was treated and the root systems and fertilizers and herbicides and what was used and not used and sprayed and not sprayed and seaweeds don't have a root system seaweeds don't grow in soil seaweeds don't need fresh water to grow they don't need uh, any of that and um, and so they had to come out to souk uh, to see this for themselves and we helped them to rewrite the standards to include plant-like organisms that don't grow on land wild I had, <laughs> I had no yeah. idea that 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 was even necessary, but that is, yeah. So I mean, it even just reinforces it, right? You are the true disruptors and innovators, especially on Vancouver Island. So I want to jump into a little bit more about just the actual skincare side of things, because just in the in the, the the lead up to this, I was looking online and seaweed has been used for a long time in some skincare remedies. I'm wondering if you can speak to it all, like even when your your mother was first formulating some of those first products, was there any kind of mix between like ancient practices and modernization or did anything yeah. do you know what i'm getting at there yeah definitely so our um our entire product line is based off of the concept modality called thalassotherapy and um, thalasso meaning uh, ocean and therapy meaning healing so ocean healing and um therapy is practiced 
for centuries, for millennia, um, even going back to ancient Egyptian times, and um, and then the, you know the Roman uh, bathhouses, and it was France and Europe that really promoted um, healing healing through the ocean and using um, ocean elements of sea salts and ocean mud and uh, seaweeds in healing centers by the ocean to heal all uh, all skin ailments. Charles Darwin was known and is doc- well documented in his books to travel to uh, to France for thalassotherapy treatments. Um, still to this day, thalassotherapy is covered under France's nat- uh, national health care. And uh, as part of their national uh, health care, uh, residents of France can go to thalassotherapy uh, treatments uh, in France um, a certain number of times per year. Wild. Yeah, so it's uh, it, it, it's real science that the ocean has a healing beneficial effect on the human body, uh, body, mind, skin, and wellness. And so we've taken that thalassotherapy combined it with Canadian seaweeds and created uh, modern skincare that's natural, organic, and effective. Awesome, man. I think that's so cool just to have, because you know, it's almost like you're a part of a legacy, you know, like you've just, you know, it's like an ancient tradition that you've yeah, made your own. Keep, keep going, you know, humans are, um, we're attracted to the oceans, you know, for all, for all, civilization you know all major cities have access to the ocean humans we want to go to the ocean our blood sweat and tears have saltiness levels on par with the ocean Um, i've even been told that human embryonic fluid uh, in a mother's womb is less than one molecule uh, apart from the chemical composition of the ocean Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All life comes from the ocean. Holy smokes, man. I want to jump into a little bit of the more of the, the broader vertical that you're a part of. It's an intensely competitive segment of consumer products, skincare. There's a ton of money in it. And so I'm wondering if you can just even speak to a couple of challenges that you faced, one or two challenges that you faced being a local producer and kind of what you've done. You know, I, I understand the organic side of things is a clear differentiator, but kind of how have you fought this battle? Yeah, that's a, uh, it's ongoing, but I would say one of the uniqueness about our business and our business model of using wild hand harvested seaweeds. Uh, like I said earlier is that, you know, seaweeds are in Canada and North America. Seaweeds are underutilized and misunderstood. And most, most people's first introduction to seaweed is the stuff that washes up on the shore and and it's it's slimy and it's stinky and it's covered in flies and it's rotting it's breaking down it's at the end of its life cycle and we always call that that's the compost pile and below the ocean at low tides the ocean pulls back that's the garden and so a lot of our challenges have been around dispelling that myth 
and and showing seaweeds in a in a new light of freshness, of abundance, of health-giving properties, and, and and asking people to go beyond what they see rotting on the beach. Um, and we've done that. Uh, you know, the big challenge for doing that in skincare is the smell. Is the smell of the products. Seaweeds, the ocean inherently has an ocean smell. And people sometimes will, you know, they, they don't enjoy it. And I get it. You go into some, you know, low tide and it's got a, it has an odor. Um, and so we've worked very, very hard over the years to develop formulations that have a very high concentration of seaweeds, but also to address that odor of seaweed. Whenever somebody tries skincare for the first time, doesn't matter what brand, doesn't matter where, doesn't matter anything, but you watch, go to the skincare and watch people try, and the first thing they'll, they'll squeeze it, and then they smell it. And uh, in our in our our, uh, our scent, our senses is such a powerful uh, tool and helps to introduce us to things that we like or don't like. And so, making these formulas be uh, visually appealing, be effective, but also appeal to our scent uh, has been a big challenge while keeping the seaweed content as high as possible. I would say that's a pretty unique. Unique challenge for, uh, for us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and I can attest, I've used your products before, and I can attest that there is no seaweed smell in my experience. So, awesome. uh, yeah, just reinforcing that <laughs> with real real world. Uh, this is not paid for, by the way, uh, by C4. <laughs> so one of the things you mentioned kind of in the beginning, uh, before we started the actual recording this interview, uh, it was that you've had some new formulations uh, potentially uh, coming up. Are you comfortable speaking about kind of current innovations or some things that really have? Uh, Definitely. Yeah. 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 Seaweed science is uh, seaweed science is evolving every day, and we're now learning that there are the that seaweeds have the potential for sun care and um, and. Protecting our uh, our bodies from UV uh, UV radiation or from sunlight, and if you think about it practically, it makes sense. Seaweeds grow in the ocean, and uh, at low tide, you know, tide pulls back, and they're exposed to the um, to the sun, and they're completely removed from their uh, from their environment. Um, and you can go down to low tide, and you can see this yourself today. Um, you will see seaweeds that are completely dried out, just baked onto a rock in the uh, hot summer sun, and yet they're still alive. And when the tide comes back in, they are re, uh, reinvigorated, they get rehydrated by the ocean, and, they're, and they have no damage from the, uh, from the sun. And it's... Um, uh, researchers have discovered a uh, unique compound in them called microsporin-like amino acids. And these microsporin-like amino acids give the seaweeds, uh, they, they protect the seaweeds from the, uh, the UV and from the sunlight. And so we're looking at ways that those 
um, those components of seaweed uh, can be used in a uh, in a product at Seaflow Skincare. And we've got some cool formulations. We're finishing off our packaging, and, and uh, we're we're gonna have some neat announcements to make in the next six to twelve months. Oh wow! Um, well, I'm excited well, about that. I would have never yeah. guessed. Yeah, you know, you just go and look at the locai and ask yourself, how does that seaweed protect itself from the uh, from the sun? Um, and it's these, uh, they're called MMAs. They're really neat. Uh, we're also working on, uh, we're hoping, you know, it's one of those uh, projects that's like, okay, we're at the finish line. Let's, let's push it. Uh, we're, we're developing a, um, a shampoo and a, and a conditioner and an amenities line for uh, hotels uh, in room use as well as, uh, as, well as retail. Um, so we're very excited about that. And um, we've got a couple other, we're developing some, uh, some body oils, uh, so seaweed infused um, body oils, oils for cleansing, for hydration. And we've got some really neat blends that have been um, micronized seaweeds have been soaking in for uh, 18 months. And then we ex- we extract the seaweed and we're left with this beautiful oil that, uh, that can then be used in all sorts of applications. Wild. It's really, <laughs> yeah, it's very impressive. Um, you know, we have a very small team here. There's, uh, there's seven of us, uh, myself included. And, um, you know, so I have to, I have to give all credit to the team and uh, what we're able to achieve. Yeah. No, oh, hey, that's the beauty of small business too. You get to wear a bunch of hats and, you know, you're, it's almost like you're on the bleeding edge of innovation, organic innovation when you think yeah, about it, right? Absolutely. Um, awesome. So before I get into the final four, I've got one last question for you. And I know it's a bit of an odd question given that Seaflora is building its products in a very sustainable <laughs> way. Uh, but I wonder just, you know, we know that your primary input is obviously organic and, and sustainable, all that. Is anything you do on the manufacturing side or that you want to kind of showcase in terms of environmentally friendly business yeah. models? Everything. Um, so the, uh, the seaweeds that we harvest, uh, all seaweeds are harvested within uh, 15 kilometers of our manufacturing. So our uh, carbon footprint is very low in, in transportations of our main ingredients. Uh, seaweeds themselves are the fastest growing organisms on earth. So they're highly regenerative. Um, I've been harvesting seaweed for, since I was like 14 years old. Uh, we're licensed to harvest seaweeds in uh, a 70 kilometer area. Um, and in 30, 20, uh, 26 years, I've only had to harvest seaweed in three areas. Um, maybe a and I go back and I can, I can harvest the same plant, the same organism a couple times a season. All seaweed harvesting is done by hand. Um, there's no mechanized uh, methods uh, used other than transportation. And um, as far as the manufacturing side of it goes, I, um, everything we do is, um, this, everything that comes in from our suppliers is recycled. Um, at every opportunity we are, spending the extra dollars to make sure that styrofoams are recycled properly, soft plastics are recycled pro- uh, properly. Uh, when we are shipping our large shipments going out to other stores, we use uh, starch-based packing peanuts 
they dissolve in water they're actually edible oh um <laughs> that's awesome yeah they, 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 they just dissolve don't eat them they, they taste horrible but completely inert this is our productions uh this is our manufacturing garbage for the last two weeks that's it oh wow that looks like less than two or three pounds in a very small garbage bag yeah uh, we probably uh manufactured and shipped over two thousand pounds of skincare uh, across the country and uh, down into the U.S. to consumers to businesses. The largest, you know, one of our largest and one of our proudest um, sustainability efforts that we've uh, accomplished just last year uh, was with our packaging. Now, so I got a question for you. How much plastic packaging, how many units of packaging do you think the beauty industry creates every day globally? Oh, God. What's what's your wildest number? Let's just say, I don't know, uh, 50 million? 50 million. That's a good one. Okay. It's over 300 million every 24 hours. Holy smokes, man. Yeah. It's 120 billion units of plastic packaging every year is created by the global beauty industry. It's like 325 million units every day and so see flora we had to we had to be the change that we wanted to see and forever a majority of our products were always in uh, in glass we did have some that were in plastic and um and so two years ago in the middle of uh, covid we said hey we gotta we gotta go to glass and so we you know last year we launched the new packaging all infinitely recyclable glass uh, so that now all bottles um, and all jars of C4 skincare are glass packaging. And it's something that you know we are very proud of. We're a very small company and for us to be able to have achieved that is is a big deal. You know, when you have companies that are multi-billion dollar corporations standing out there saying by 2030 we're going to be 30 percent recyclable and it's like well gee that's nice you've got all the power and all the resources to do that today you just choose not to um and so it was our you know it was our mission and i uh, was super happy that we were able to do that and uh, and the customers are loving it they, they get it they love it yeah, I think that's so special. You know, if the, if it is, you see, I, I just, it's a broad movement. Let's just say the sustainability desire or drive in, in society right now is very special. And you actually have, from what I'm hearing, a complete end-to-end recyclable. Uh, as best we can. Yeah, as best we can. Even, you know, we take our, uh, our soft plastics and styrofoam that our suppliers ship us with in packaging stuff. And we take that down to a... Uh, special recycling place here in Souk. Uh, we pay them extra for it. And it's, um, you know, they recycle it into, it gets recycled into fleece, into, you know, like the um, children's playground um, floors, you know, and park benches and, and things like that. Uh, trust me, it'd be so much easier to, you know, pitch it out and, you know, not pay extra. And 
pad the bottom line, but you know, that's not what Sea Flora started as, and that's not what Sea Flora is, and that's what you know, that's, that's not what Sea Flora stands for. Um, we also, you know, we also give back um, to the local community and to uh, we three environmental groups um, that we chose. Uh, so we give monthly uh, to the uh, Souk Salmon Enhancement Society, to the Ancient Forest Alliance, and to the Georgia Strait Alliance. And uh, we chose these organizations because they're local to Vancouver Island. They're doing real work in our communities that we can point at and say, you know, like your support, your sea uh, forest skincare, and your purchases help to, uh, you know, help to protect that forest there. Those orcas that we love so much out there, and the uh, the salmon in uh, the salmon runs in the Sioux River, and so it's important that we're doing things that are that are local and that are that are visible, and, uh, and people can go and look. And, oh yeah, okay, I get it, I see it. Awesome, man. Well, that is great. It's just I love hearing these little details. It really just brings another a great selling point to your business. Um, I want to jump into the final four. Um, and these are kind of like the four, the four static questions we we ask each interviewee. Um, and I want to start off and ask what your favorite book is. And just to preface this by saying there's no parameters on fiction, nonfiction. It can be whatever you want. Well, for the purposes of, of business, there's two books that have helped me out a lot over the years. Uh, one is Predictable Revenue by uh, Aaron Ross. Awesome, uh, awesome book about uh, sales processes. Um, the other one is uh, Hyper Sales Growth by Jack Daly. And, and I'm also a big fan of, uh, of YouTube. And using, you know, I'm watching uh, seminars on YouTube that may have come out eight years ago and may have cost the attendees at that conference $5,000 to go to. But Time has passed. They've released it, and you can access so much good information on YouTube. Yeah, I'm with you there, man. There's a just there's a ton of value. Um, crazy what people are posting for free, actually. Um, it is, yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Daily, <laughs> daily consumer of of YouTube. There. Uh, jump into your favorite app, and just preface no email or Microsoft Office. Yeah. Um. Some- the app that I use the most, you know, other than social media and stuff, would be uh, Windy. The, the app that helps me with, uh, you know, low tides, the seaweed harvesting, um, uh, weather on the ocean. And then we use, uh, we use ChatGPT a lot. We use AI. Best personal advice you received? And this doesn't have to be attributed to a specific person. It could be just a theme. I, uh, I, I tend to overthink things. And I tend to overcomplicate things and uh, wanting everything to be perfect. So I have it sitting on, uh, posted it to the uh, wall in front of my computer here. And it's, uh, you get in your head, you're dead. You get in your head, you're dead. <laughs> yeah. You overthink things, you overcomplicate things. You know, it's, there's another saying of something like the, the evil of, Production is perfection, and you know you can. You know we all want to be perfect. We all want to have things go our way 100 percent of the time. But sometimes that holds us back from just just go. Just oh do yeah. It. The one I like for that is perfect. Is similar to what you you said. Perfect is the enemy of good. 
That's and I it. find, you know, you get, especially entrepreneurship, you know, because this is your actual baby, you know, in the eyes of the CRA, it's a person and you get to create it and turn it, do all these little things. And you kind of, but sometimes that perfection can hold you back. Yeah. And you notice, you notice all the imperfections that nobody else knows about. And you're sitting up in the middle of the night going, oh my God, did that, did that go through? Or did that, is that what it said? That spelling error or this or that? And, you know, you ask somebody about it and they're like, didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. What are you talking about? Oh, it's definitely, yeah, it definitely happened uh, with us. Um, last one I'll leave you with your favorite restaurant in Vancouver Island. Okay. So we went to, uh, my wife and I went to Campbell River uh, a couple uh, last month and um, she introduced me to a restaurant in, uh, in Nanaimo. You're in Nanaimo? Uh, I am in Surrey uh, right now, but we, uh, we got an office in Nanaimo. That's right. Yeah. Um, but a uh, Japanese restaurant called Nori. Oh. In Nanaimo. It was off the hook. I've been to Japan five times, and that place was legit. Like, Nori was like, whoa. It was awesome. Thanks for stopping by From the Trenches, the Business Examiner podcast. 